1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be, you guessed it, happier. This week, we'll talk about embracing an attitude of gratitude for what is for this strange Thanksgiving, and we'll do a deep dive into listeners' personal policies. There were so many great ones. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I'm grateful that I get to talk to you so often, even though I haven't seen you since last December.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, that's crazy. Probably the longest we've ever gone without seeing each other.
1: You know, you're right. I don't think we've ever gone that long without seeing each other.
0: Hopefully we can see each other soon.
1: That there's the magic of technology. I see your face. Yes, yes. Now, for our listeners in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving almost on the day uh, that this comes out. Thanksgiving will be the next day. So, Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, Happy Thanksgiving. All
0: right, Gretchen, before we dive in, we wanted to share an update from a listener.
1: Yeah, um, when we heard from people about Empower Hour, a lot of people mentioned things related to the election. But this is a good example of there's a lot of things that we can do for Empower Hour, even though the election has happened.
0: So Chris says, hi, Gretchen and Liz, I want to thank you for sharing the idea of Empower Hour. As an obliger who wants to benefit others, too often my own ideas that often would benefit others don't get actualized because I'm not making time to develop them. Enter Empower Hour. I've dedicated an hour each Saturday morning. I set the agenda to advance the kind of world that I want. Some of these focused on the election, like sending postcards, encouraging others to vote, signing up to be a poll worker, and researching, sharing information on ways voters get disenfranchised in my community. I've also pitched a project to a high school robotics team to enrich the quality of life for one of my students with a disability. While that's not an exhaustive list, those have been the most meaningful so far. In the future, I want to finish the 30-day challenge to learn about racial justice that I started to create but didn't finish. Did you see what I did there? I'm an obliger who just made myself (laughs) accountable for finishing a project by telling you about it. The unexpected benefit of Empower Hour, it's easier to say no to requests that I am not passionate about when I have developed momentum around things that I am passionate about. Game changer.
1: Oh, this is great. Like, what? that's a great range of things to do with your Empower Hour. And it's a great example of how, as an obliger, it can be a form of accountability so that you really follow through on those there's things that you really want to do to put your values into the world.
0: Yes. I love that Chris got so much momentum. That's great.
1: Yes. And this week, our tried This at Home is related to the holiday. Our tried This at Home idea is to embrace an attitude of gratitude for what is instead of lamenting what is not.
0: Yes. I think of all years, Gretchen, um, it will be easy for Thanksgiving to be sort of a down day um, for people to be sad because we're really noticing how things are so different this year than they are uh, most years, certainly how different they are from last year. But, you know, there is still so much to be grateful for, for most of us.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we had talked in our family about doing a special Thanksgiving with all of us coming to New York City, something that we've never done. Then we talked about you and I going to Kansas City before Thanksgiving just to be the four of us. And now that's not happening, but there are things to be grateful for. Like Eliza would usually be coming home from college and then returning to her dorm after Thanksgiving, but this year she'll be staying and we're all really excited to have her back and have her with us. So that is a really great treat.
0: Yeah. And I was supposed to be with you all this Thanksgiving, Adam and I trade off holidays, Now I'm not, but I am so grateful that I can be outdoors with Adam's family in California, where we have outdoor weather, and that I love my in-laws. I mean, a lot of people don't love their (laughs) Um, in-laws. I'm so lucky that even though I'm not going to be with you, at least I get to be with other people who I really love and appreciate. And I just want to remember, it's like the attitude of gratitude. It's like, wake up feeling happy that it's thanksgiving yes. instead yeah. of feeling like oh god like yeah. thanksgiving yeah. 2020 yeah. like What else can 2020 deliver?
1: Right. I mean, one of the things about gratitude is that it's very easy to take things for granted and to forget all the things you have to be grateful for. And so, like, one of the things for us to be grateful for is that we're all healthy. Everyone in our family is healthy. So that's huge. And it's easy when you just kind of wake up feeling fine to forget that that is amazing and that you should be grateful every minute for that. And then also grateful for the healthcare workers and other essential workers who, you know their Thanksgiving is looking very very different and so to feel grateful for everything that they're doing. Yeah, you know,
0: Gretchen, I was actually thinking like for so long we were all like we you know, thank you healthcare workers, thank yep. you healthcare workers and the banging of pots and yes. and, and, and the cheering and, and the then
1: signs I think, in the windows and yeah. the posters. Yeah.
0: And then I think time went by, COVID fatigue, it seemed like things were getting better, but now of course there. I think it's worse than it's ever been. So yeah, we need to renew our um, immense gratitude for all those healthcare workers.
1: Yes, um, and you know, gratitude is important because philosopher, ancient philosophers, religious leaders, contemporary scientists, all agree that gratitude is a key to happiness. And you know, research shows that consistently grateful people are happier and more satisfied with their lives. Lives. They're even. They even feel more physically healthy. They spend more time exercising. Gratitude brings freedom from envy because when you're grateful for what you have, you're not consumed with wanting something different or wanting something more. It relieves you from feeling the negative emotions that we're talking about because you focus on, you know, the glass is half full, not the glass is half empty. And feeling that way then makes it easier to do things like live within your means, to be generous to others. To have forbearance, like one of the things that I do if I'm feeling like angry or resentful or annoyed by someone is I start thinking about why I'm grateful to that person because it's really hard to mm. feel negative about a person when you're also thinking about all the things that you do that you're grateful for.
0: That's a really great idea. Yeah. And another thing, Gretch, if you're finding it really hard to be grateful, it can help to turn to nature. Yes. One of the easiest things to feel grateful for is the beauty of nature I know that's helping Sarah a lot in Minnesota. My writing partner. Oh yeah. Partner. Yeah.
1: The water, the snow. Yes. The, yes. Yeah.
0: Um, and I know for me, like when I am really feeling oppressed by, again, by 2020, when I do the hike at Fryman Canyon that I love so much. Yeah. I always walk to my car, the afterward, feeling so much better, so much happier. And, yeah, maybe I'll try to do one Thanksgiving morning with my attitude of gratitude.
1: Yes, and I will do the same thing in Central Park. That is a great idea. I think to people who have a lot of what you would call real nature, Central Park seems like <laughs> nature light, L-I-P-E. Uh-huh. But if you live in New York City, you're like, this. gosh, this is the heck out of nature. Um, there's a little stream going by. And so, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I want to do that, too, and really think about all the things Um, that I'm grateful for. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, it's like mom has said, and we've quoted it so many times, the things that go wrong often make the best memories. And this will be a Thanksgiving that everyone remembers. That is true. A lot of people really love the hack from last week uh, about like making the Thanksgiving banner of all the things that you're grateful for. Like this will be different. It'll all be in your handwriting. It'll all be different. And we'll all remember. We'll remember the Zoom call Thanksgiving dinner with everybody eating their sweet potatoes and marshmallows. (laughs) You know, um, it's like showing the the spoonful or the forkful through the screen. The other ones kind of blend together. It's this, true. This one will stick out. We'll remember this one. Uh,
0: yes. Thanksgiving 2020 will go down in history.
1: Yes. Uh, so let us know if you do try this at home and how embracing the attitude of gratitude for this strange Thanksgiving works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 301 for everything related to this episode.
0: And by the way, Gretchen, if people want a concrete way to show gratitude for healthcare workers, I have a friend who's an ER doctor, and she said they do love to get food delivered to the ER for um, everyone who works there. Oh. But like things that are individually wrapped, like burritos or pizza that you can just pick up. So if you call your local ER, they'll coordinate that with you. Oh. Yeah, and I've done this um, a couple of times with friends. um, And I know that it is appreciated by the people who work there.
1: Well, that's a great idea. I didn't know you could just call to sort of figure out how to make it happen. So that's a great idea.
0: And it supports local restaurants.
1: And it supports local restaurants.
0: Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that reminds us of our summers in North Platte, Nebraska. But first, this break.
1: Post your
0: job for free
1: at linkedin.com slash Gretchen.
0: That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free.
1: Terms and conditions apply.
0: Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack.
1: Yes, and this is one that's very concrete. It's related to making money and clutter clearing. So uh, what more could you ask for? There is a coin shortage sweeping the country now the production of coins is higher now than it was earlier in the year and so there is more inventory but this is still an issue in many places because because of covid people are using credit cards and 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 uh, cashless payment instead of change and so all the retailers are really running low on change and it's an it's an issue and so they really are asking people like if you have coins turn in your coins so how do you turn in your coins? Okay, so one way is you can call your bank and see if it offers free coin exchange. Some will take it loose and some accept rolled coins. And Alyssa, this is this reminds me of when we were spent summers in North Platte, Nebraska, our grandfather would buy the coin yes. packs and have us roll the coins, which for some reason we just thought was the most fun ever. Well, he also let us keep, the money. He
0: did. Oh, I didn't even remember <laughs> that part. Yes. That's why oh. we loved it so much. Oh, well he that would explains orders like, and change for us. And then we would wrap them all and exchange them and we got to keep the money.
1: Yeah. We'd sit in front of the T V and like yeah. roll those things. So it's a great activity for yeah. kids. You could probably like just give them a cut if you didn't want to give them all the yes. money. You can also uh if you don't want to do the rolling, you can buy a coin sorter from like office supply stores or or you know Walmart or whatever. And these are pretty inexpensive. Like I saw one online for thirty Three dollars and it will, it will put them in coin wrappers for you, and then you take them to the bank and exchange them. And their stores, like grocery stores and Quick Trip, um, have coin counting machines, often like a CoinStar machine. The thing about these machines is they sometimes do take a big fee, mm. so that can cut into what you get back. But some of them will give you a gift card where you get uh, full value, and some of them will waive the fee if you donate it to a charity that, you know, one of their designated charities And I will post some links to uh, more information about what to do with your coins, because I do think a lot of people have like jars and bowls of coins lying around. And this is something nice that you can do for retailers and also turn that into actual money or gift cards or charity donations. Yes. Grandpa would be proud. He would. I miss grandpa. And now it's time for a deep dive into personal policies. Um, In episode 296, we suggested the Try This at Home of Establish Your Personal Policy. And we asked listeners to give us examples of their personal policies. And boy, we got a giant response. It was absolutely fascinating to see people's policies. And as always, there's a lot of ideas here that you may want to crib for yourself. Because I think people have come up with a lot of good policies And like one of the first ones is getting yourself to say yes, having a personal policy to encourage yourself to say yes. Yeah. So let's share some, Gretch. Yeah. Carrie in Cincinnati said, I
0: always say yes to a walk with a friend. Almost anything can wait until later as the joy I get from walking and chatting with friends can't be beat. I live far away from any friends and love my walks and talks on the phone just as much as a walk with a local friend in a park. Well, Gretch, I'm right there with Carrie on that yes, one. Me too. Nothing yep. makes me happier than walking and talking with a friend.
1: I'm doing a walk and talk this afternoon. I cannot wait. Catherine writes, When my husband died seven years ago, I realized that I would need to make a very different life because at 66, I still hopefully had many years in front of me. My husband had been very ill for two years before he died, and prior to that, I had cared for my mother, who lived with us for the last three years of her life. Inevitably, my social life had become very limited over those five years. My personal policy was, and still is, to say yes to as many things as possible. I have always found that if you say no to a new experience when someone asks you for the first time, They assume you mean no forever rather than no, not this time. You can easily say no on later occasions without the person making this assumption. This policy got me through the first years when intense grief makes you just want to retreat into yourself and it is difficult to face the day and other people. I have made new friends, taken up new interests, and been able to travel to new places. If I do say no now, I try to make clear whether the no is because I cannot say yes on this occasion or whether I am simply not interested, not able to, or too time-constrained. I love my children and grandchildren very dearly, but it would be wrong to depend entirely on them. We also live in a world of couples, so those of us on our own do need to be more proactive to maintain social life. My policy, option B, has really helped me. Option A would have been for my husband and me to enjoy our years together, but option B has helped me to have a good life. Well, that's a great idea to just say yes and to really understand why you're saying yes and why in the end that is really going to make you happier. Yes. And I think it's also a good insight to realize that the first no kind of crosses you off people's lists and to be aware of kind of that phenomenon.
0: Yes, and that if it is a no for another reason, to really be clear about that. Yeah, yeah. And Gretchen, this reminds me, um, our guest Carla Hall had the motto, say yes, adventure follows, then growth, I think, something like that. Um, And this reminds me of that. Yeah, say yes. Okay, Mary in Northern Illinois says... This one is pandemic-specific. I made a policy when this started to always answer my phone. In the past, I often let it go to voicemail whether I recognized the number or not. Now I know people need to connect during this time, so my current policy is to always answer the phone. This means I talk to lots of friends and family when I usually prefer to text, and even political callers whom I feel for because I have been making political calls myself. Uh, that is a great idea for the pandemic.
1: Yeah, right. If somebody's reaching out, engage with them, even if normally you'd rather text or, or do it at some other time.
0: I wish Adam would adopt that policy because he never <laughs> answers the phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucille has a family policy that they only have one scheduled event per weekend day or weeknight. She writes, of course, there are exceptions, like if there's gymnastics in the morning, then a dinner or something. We are a family of introverts, and hanging out with people and going from one thing to another wears us out. If we do have a busy Saturday, 99% of the time, we stay in our PJs on Sunday. So this is a great way to recognize we'll say yes, but only to a point.
0: Yes. Reagan says, I will only serve on one nonprofit board at a time. I enjoy volunteering my time in this way, but I've learned the hard way that I'm incapable of joining a board without being very actively involved, which requires a meaningful commitment of my time. This policy allows me to protect my time in two ways. First, I cite it when politely declining invitations to join other boards. Second, it helps me resist temptation when I try to convince myself I can join a second board and simply be less active.
1: Well, this is a great example of the fact that to say yes to certain things, you also have to say no to other things, which then brings us to saying no, where we have a lot of personal (laughs) policies around saying no. Um, Alice wrote, as a stay-at-home mom in various PTA settings, my personal policy is to take no for an answer. I've grown to notice that as an obliger, I can be easily pressured even when I have already said no, such as volunteering or eating a second serving. I suspect that the same may be true for others. So if I invite you to join my carpool for soccer and you say it doesn't work for your family, I don't worry about the reason and I don't try to solve your problem. I just accept that no and move on. Many people wrap their no in a polite excuse, and if you challenge that excuse, you either coerce them into doing something they don't want to do, or you force them to give the less polite reason. For example, I won't join your carpool because I've noticed that you often (laughs) run late and are unreliable. I protect myself and my social relationships when I stick to my no and take no as an answer from others. Well, this is a very subtle point, I think, which is that when someone says, no, That doesn't work. You say you let them just say no instead of trying to be like, well, let's work around it. Let's reschedule. Let's let's respect their no.
0: You know, I have never thought of this, Gretch. This is a new idea. It's a new angle. It's so important because it's true that people will use an excuse, and you think you're being nice and trying to work around their excuse, but that excuse is just their way. Of saying no and having everyone save face, so yes. I think this is an important, um, important insight.
1: And the fact is, it has to come from the person hearing the no.
0: Yes, which
1: is Alice's perspective in yes. this question. It, you can't do that as the person trying to give the polite no.
0: Yes, take no for an answer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really internalize that. Melissa in Las Vegas says. I loathe multi-level marketing parties where people invite you over to sell you products, candles, jewelry, leggings, makeup, diet shakes, oils, etc. As a teacher, I get invited a lot. I feel these companies take advantage of low-income women who rarely ever make a true profit and brainwash them into thinking it's their fault when they don't get rich. No matter how hard I try to politely decline invitations, I often end up sounding rude when further pressed beyond my initial no thanks. Next time, if pressed, I can say, it's my personal policy not to go to sales parties. It makes clear my stance without attacking the nice friend who just wants to have fun with oils. Well, Gretch, I think a lot of people grapple with this yes. same issue, and I think that's a great approach to say it's just not—it's just your personal policy. Yeah. And I wanted to add, if anybody is interested in hearing a podcast about multi-level marketing, yes, I listen to a great podcast called The Dream, uh, which really get gets into multi-level marketing. If anyone's
1: interested. And, you know, Laura Mayer, who we knew way back in the day when we were just starting our podcast, um, was involved in that. Yes. uh, In the dream. So Yes. yes. And it's It's,
0: excellent. The dream. Yes.
1: Yes. Jody writes, if I invite anyone over to hang out by my pool, it's a two-hour max limit. In the past, it seemed like if I didn't say, would you like to come over to swim for an hour or two, people would end up staying three to four hours. I just can't do it. I get angry and cut it off altogether. But with this new policy, it keeps me happy and also lets my visitors know it's not going to be an all-day event. So, again, this is just, like, clarity for you and for your guests. Yes. Policies. Policies.
0: Okay, Gretch, we have some money policies. Sarah in London says, I have a personal policy that I only give to two charities per year. That way, when people ask for sponsorship or giving, I refer to my policy of giving to two specific charities.
1: And here's a personal policy from Kansas City. Marcy writes, I'm a high school teacher and I'm frequently approached by students to buy things for various fundraisers. I tell my students that I have a personal policy that I don't buy single-use t-shirts for economic and environmental reasons and I won't buy anything for a fundraiser unless I am absolutely sure that I will use it. I do buy Thanksgiving pies. I also buy one of an item from the first student who approaches me. I am strict about this policy, and I do articulate it to the students. It saves me a lot of anguish. So again, it's like the personal policy makes it clear, and then it's like no one takes it personally, yes. and you know what to do. No decision fatigue.
0: Gretch, right, here are some whimsical policies, <laughs> I, which I of course are going to be our favorites. We love whimsy. Megan says, my personal policy, put on a swimming suit and get in the water.
1: Oh. Love it. <laughs> Mimi writes, when my kids were little, I told them that our family is not afraid of bees. I wanted to teach them that they had some control over what they were afraid of. Now that they are in their 20s, I wish I had made the policy that we weren't afraid of spiders or mice either. <laughs> <laughs> Billy says, always stop at children's Kool-Aid stands.
0: Unless I am running late, which is another personal policy I have of never (laughs) being late, I will drive around the block if necessary to buy the Kool-Aid, even if I have to pour it out later. My son, who is a sheriff's deputy, also has this policy and will even notify other deputies in the area of a Kool-Aid stand.
1: Uh (laughs) Here's the funny thing. This policy of always stopping at a children's lemonade stand or Kool-Aid stand is a policy that we got the most of. Several people contacted us to let them know about having this policy of always buying from a children's stand. I just think that is so sweet. You know,
0: I'm going to make this a policy, Gretchen. There's a lot of lemonade stands in my neighborhood, and I have to admit I never stop (laughs) because it seems like a hassle. Uh, But you know what? That's so um, bah humbug. I'm going to start stopping. There you go. Amanda says, whenever we go out of town, our family policy is that we don't eat at any chain restaurants. We make it a point to ask for recommendations of great local places at our hotel or even look them up on Yelp. We have discovered so many wonderful restaurants and tried many great dishes that we otherwise would not have experienced because of this policy.
1: That's a great, really travel, you know, have that experience. And here is a policy having to do with the rule of three. Several people emailed about using some version of the rule of three, and I especially like this one. Carrie in Cincinnati says, if I hear about a book three times in random ways, then I must be meant to read that book, and I will therefore buy it immediately. So I may hear about a book on the morning news, and a month later see someone reading it in a waiting room, and then hear of it again in passing while two people are chatting near me. I then say to myself, okay, universe, I get it. I will read the book. This has brought many amazing books into my life, which leads me to another policy. Always pass a good book along to a friend. Mm, love that.
0: like that, Carrie. All right, Gretchen, and we had a policy about love. Yes. An anonymous daughter says, I never send my mom's phone calls to voicemail, and I am never the first one to hang up. She doesn't know I have this policy, and she doesn't have the same one for me, nor do I want her to. My mom is wonderful, and I genuinely love chatting with her. But sometimes I'm in the middle of my workday, have just started watching a movie with my partner, or I'm rushing around and not in the mood to talk. Or maybe the conversation is repetitive. I've heard these stories before, or we're just talking about a lot of nothing." No matter what, I take the call, I make no requests or excuses to keep it short, I let her tell me the story again, I actually stay engaged in conversation, and I always leave it to her to end the call when she is ready. My mom never got to send motherhood to voicemail or cut it off when she wasn't in the mood. She never got to put motherhood on pause or call it back when she was out with friends or in the middle of something else. She's listened patiently to my childhood and adult dreams and dramas for almost 30 years, (laughs) so I strive to do the same for her in this small way. Needless to say, this is also my way of being grateful for her and our time together because one day I'll be missing her calls so much. I live thousands of miles away from my mom. I'm in London, and she's in New York. But whether you live far away or down the street from your parents, siblings, friends, and loved ones, I highly recommend this personal policy for at least one person in your life, especially if they don't know you have this policy. Oh, my God, that is so beautiful, Grace. I
1: think that is so beautiful, what a lovely way to use a personal policy to make sure that you really live up to your highest ideals for yourself and really stay engaged with that person in your life. I think yes. that's just beautiful.
0: Okay. Thank you, everyone, for those awesome policies. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a letter demerit, but first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career Therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job.
1: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Gretchen Rubin.
0: So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And in this week's episode, you are up with a happiness demerit.
1: Okay, well, you know, I'm on this constant quest to clear clutter. I even read a book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, so nobody believes it more than me. But there I go. So while Eliza was away, she was living off campus doing remote learning for college. While she was away, I dumped a lot of stuff in her room, which then I just had to clear out because, you know, at some point, you can't just keep dumping stuff in her room and she's back. And, um, and so I made that mistake of just putting things in this holding pattern instead of co- making the effort to put them away in the proper place the first time. I just created a whole extra step for myself. Plus, every time I walked by her room, while all that junk was in there, it just annoyed me. So <laughs> don't do it. Put it away in the right place the first time.
0: Well, Gretch, as someone who's not as adept at dealing with clutter as you are, I find it comforting that even you have your <laughs> moments. <laughs>
1: Yes, indeed.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that.
1: Good. So, what's your gold
0: star? Okay, Gretch, I want to give a gold star to an actor named Leslie Allen Jordan. Um, Uh You can find him on Instagram at the Leslie Jordan. He is a 65 year old character actor from the South who you might not know his name, but you would recognize him. He's been oh. on everything. Yeah. Um, he played Beverly Leslie, a much-loved character on Will and Grace. He's been in American Horror Story. He's been on everything. Yeah, But he has amassed over the pandemic like five and a half million followers on Instagram. (laughs)
1: Wow. Because
0: he just started doing little stories about being in, you know, lockdown, essentially. He calls everyone hunker downers. He says, hello, my fellow hunker downers. And he's just so charming and uh, warm and lovely. And my specific gold star to him is that every Sunday he sings a hymn Mm -hmm. He has Sunday morning hymn with another guy or sometimes a group of people. And it's just, I am a terrible singer and I do not (laughs) know hymns, but it always just makes me smile and feel so good on Sunday morning to watch him singing. And it's just right now when we all often feel like we need something to smile about, it's just Mm -hmm. a reliable smile on a Sunday morning. So Gretch, here is a little bit of Leslie Allen Jordan singing I'll Fly Away. Well, hello, fellow hunker downers. I fly away, oh glory. i fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by. I fly away.
1: So good. Oh, it's so good. Well, after you told me about it, I went to go look at his Instagram feed, and it is so charming. Like, in one of them, so he's in Chattanooga, Tennessee, just down the road from his mother's house. And so, like, he's in the car, and he's, like, showing this, like, rundown barn, and he's like, this is where my pony lived when I was growing up. He's like, that pony was so smart. Like, he'd run against a tree and throw me off, and I spent most of my childhood in a cast. But, of course, he said it in a much funnier way. But, it's just charming. Yes. And it is really beautiful to hear him sing. Yeah. Just fun. And I'll post a link in the show notes to at the Leslie Jordan so you can check it out. And the resources for this week. If you want to get regular book recommendations for me in your inbox, I can be one of the three recommendations for your rule of three. Each month I review books that I read in the previous month and I occasionally write lists of recommendations uh, on a specific topic. If you want to make sure you get these in your email inbox, go to GretchenRibbon.com/slash newsletter and pick book recommendations. And if you are looking for a new creative way to identify your aims in 2021, try making a 20 for 21 list. We are going to talk about this in an upcoming episode. So you can get a PDF to help you organize your list if you go to gretchenrubin.com slash resources, and you can do anything. You can put anything on your list that you want to get done by 2022. They can be easy. They can be ambitious. They can be one-time things. They can be lifetime habits. Um, start thinking about your twenty for 21 list. Elizabeth, I hope you started thinking about yours. I've started thinking about mine because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it soon.
0: Yes, I am thinking, Gretch.
1: Yeah. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Strive for an attitude of gratitude for what is this strange Thanksgiving. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, we would be very thankful. We would be filled with gratitude if you tell a friend or if you subscribe, rate or review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.